the homophilia 2020. Don't let the door hit your buttock on the way out. New Year special. Yay. The annual <laughs> New Year special we've never done before, nor did we plan at all, but we have just sprung it on our guests here that they are going yeah. to help us, I don't know, recap the the best moments of a, um, we can all agree, agree, amazing year. An unprecedented mm. year. And we have two wonderful guests. We two have together. from the, from the one man show, making friends, making its debut on the night that we record this. I'm ready to go. 7 p.m. I've bought my ticket. Oh, making boy. friends. Tom DeTrenis and its director, Drew Drogi. Hi, Jen. Hello. uh, How does everyone feel? Before we started recording, I was talking about my own mental illness of needing to hide self-view on Zoom just because I will look at myself and scrutinize and want it. But now you are both, I think, experimenting with that for the first time. Yes. How does it feel? Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Are you, have you hidden your self-view, Tom? Yeah, I hid it. I hid it in myself. <laughs> I've kept it on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go wild. I'm keeping everyone's faces Ooh. on. You all look gorgeous. Great. Keep it on. But when I have to like perform or anything, I will. I will turn it off because I don't. I get very self conscious if I'm like in. I mean, you know, performance mode. Looking because yeah. I will check out my angles. You know, yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, it's gross. It's... Total narcissist. Oh boy. Well, listen. We all are. We gotta. We gotta. I hate this year. Um, uh, what were what are some of your highlights of 2020? Hmm. Oh, um, I will say <laughs> so. It's hard to think. Of. Well, yeah, I know. I will say the great thing is I, I've I've had a lot of time to sit with myself. Um, a great thing for me is that I haven't been really super creative this year. And I know for me, that was kind of nice to sort of unapologetically take a break and just sort of sit and really think like, who am I? And what do I really think about things and watch a lot of movies that I've never seen that I've always meant to see, or that I've kind of told people, yeah, I've watched that, but actually watched Lawrence of Arabia, which I had never seen Mm. until this year. And, um, then I think just, and then I, and then pick up the phone more and have more like long phone calls. I mean, I've definitely enjoyed that more, which I know ne- we haven't, when's the last time we talked on the phone before 2020, yeah. um, you know, you know, for lengthy amount of times. So there's that in general. There's also g- glorious facial hair that I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. seen you with. Yeah. Thanks. I haven't, I never grow a beard because I play so many ladies. I, I always have to keep it, but I haven't, play the lady in a minute. So I'm, I'm having a beard for a moment as long as I it can. It looks so, so cute. And, and it, it really, and, and I love yeah, that there is ginger in there. Like I don't think of you being sort of strawberry, but, but yeah. you are. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real great. It's real, real great. Thanks. Well, Tom, and your beard is also iconic. We, but that's, yeah. it's not new. No, it's not new. It's been there for, you know, now like six years all the time because I had to go, for, it had to go from the top to the bottom of the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just really, I had to transfer my energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. What um, about you, Tom? Um, some high, I mean, writing the show was obviously a highlight. Um, I, uh, I'm I'm a very like bouncy bouncy human being, so um, I couldn't just sit still when we were all told to sit still. So I had to like do something, and then this happened, um, which is which was I guess I you know a, a, it's a very big highlight because I've never really written anything before. So this is really quite a big exercise for me. Um, other highlights are just again I told you already, Dave. I, I'm just baking like a crazy person, and I just really fucking love it. And I bought all I like. I have a baking stone in my oven now. I uh, oh yeah oh she's got she's real, and I've got every kind of gadget you could imagine, and they've all helped me in every special way. I mean, I just I made my second batch of those. You know those Italian three color cookies from New York delis that are like the Do red, the green, and the white. It's yeah. my favorite cookie of all time. And I've made now my second batch. I ha- you have to make it with something called almond paste, which I made okay. from scratch. Get <laughs> I out. I'm like, I mean, you know, Drew already knows this about me, but I'm, I'm a, I am a very big cook slash chef. Yeah. That's kind of one yeah. of my day jobs anyway. So, but I really kind of like, 
you know, and in the next like week or so, I'm going to go probably harder again. I'm going to just make some more shit. How how does one use a baking stone? I've never turned my stove on. I've lived here five years. My stove's never (laughs) gone on. One of my favorite things. Very different in that way. But what is a baking stone? Uh, It is this, it is this very heavy piece of natural stone uh-huh. that goes in the oven that replicates basically the bottom of a pizza oven. Okay. And it gets very, very hot. And when you put bread or anything else on it, it makes this lovely crisp. It also yeah. keeps the inside of the oven very, very warm once it heats up to the right temperature. It like keeps okay. it kind of like it keeps the um it keeps the heat hot. It keeps it very like contained. Um, so, and it kind of just sits there forever. And the more that you bake on it, the more that the flavoring gets better. And then it kind of like transfers to the flavoring of the food that you're putting on it. And I like, of course, went on to like, I don't know if you guys know about wire cutter, which is one of my favorite websites. Um, it is part of the New York times. It wasn't before like many years ago, but it, it takes household items and it tests them through the ringer. And every time I've used it from my mattress to this baking stone, it always steers me the right way. And I chose the one that they said was the best one, which really was like $50. And I just, and it's from this tiny manufacturer in Illinois and they just mailed it to me and shablam baking stone in my oven. Wow. And what of the fruits of your labor? Are they, are are you sharing the wealth? Are they just getting consumed in your house? Uh, No, I have to go outside the house because if it's Joseph, my partner and I, if he, if we ate it all, it would just be, I'd just be like roly poly um, so I kind of like, I'll drop it off. Like I said, Dave, I will drop it off to you. If you want Great. something, I, yes, I, I sometimes post about it on the Instagrams. And like, if okay. you want to try any of it, I'm happy to. Cause sometimes we'll be like, I'm making a fucking cake. I'm making a goddamn cake today. Yeah. Bring me that goddamn cake, like Tom. Yes. Please. Oh yeah. I'll bring you. Yes. Now, um, I am going to, I've mentioned this on the show before. I'm not going to go into the full thing. Actually, I probably will go into the full thing. Um, a, a thing that has revolutionized my life in the kitchen is my brand new Balmuda toaster oven. Do we know about the Balmuda? Ooh, no. Okay. Let me tell you about the Balmuda. Here's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you um, put in a piece of toast. You put in a piece of bread, right? Put it in. There's a whole bunch of settings. There's like sandwich bread. There's fancy bread. There's, you know, like reheating pizza. There's a bunch of settings. And then there's this little tiny, it looks like a little tiny coffee cup um, that you fill full of water. You put it in a slot through the top. The, the toaster oven then steams the bread. Okay. Then the toasting process begins and it is like a series of pulsating like heats, right. That on both sides. So yeah. So it's like a, like a four minute process. And then you pull out the best goddamn piece of toast you've ever had in your entire life. Cause it's like a little bit caramelized on the outside. The inside is like soft and moist, like bread that's gone a little bit stale comes right back to life. It is everything I didn't know that I needed in a kitchen appliance. It is the Balmuda wow. Toaster Oven. They are not a sponsor of this show yet. Have you guys heard of something called a microwave? No, a microwave? No, yeah. No, yeah. no, please. I eat everything out of it. It's amazing. It's just, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I'm rich. I don't, I don't need to get into oh, it. But wow. It's, You're it's so really well. What I lo- one of my favorite things about you is his wealth. Yeah. Just like it's just dripping, just <laughs> everywhere he goes. And his wealth has changed him. You know, he has yeah. just uh, unapologetically, yeah. you know, abandoned his personality and become a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. No apology. No, no apologies. apologies. <laughs> um, good, uh, good films we saw this year. Were there any? I saw last night. I saw my favorite movie of the year. Oh, like ooh. confidently can say that it okay. is called Promising Young Woman, starring Carrie oh, yes. Mulligan. Oh. It's directed and written by Emerald Fennell, who you may know as um, Camilla on The Crown. What? Uh, oh shit! Wrote and directed this movie, and it is. I, I don't want to say too much about it, it, it because, but it is. It's one of the most. I mean, it. It's a revenge thriller about sexual violence written and directed by women very much in that space of a woman telling you this story. And it is also, it is wildly funny. Carrie Mulligan's amazing. You get Jennifer Coolidge, you get Laverne Cox, (gasps) Bo Burnham, who is so adorable. It is, um, it's, it's really good. 
um, I'm excited. I've seen yeah, this trailer a couple of times. Time, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, it, it, it feels very much in the space. It, it gives you, it gives you very much like a Heather's vibe. Um, but, mm. but in a 2020, uh, from the point of view of a woman, it's very deeply sarcastic and scathing. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And where did no, you, was it a screener? I got an, advan- an advanced screener of it. It comes out on Christmas. Again, with the wealth and access. Uh, oh. my wealth. <laughs> I got it because of my, my riches. You, you made something in your microwave. And, yeah, my microwave. Yeah. Sent, yeah, and then a sultan sent me the film and you know, I watched it. <laughs> um, oh. But um, it's, I think it'll be out by the time, by the time we're yeah. listening to this right now. I think you will definitely have heard of it by then. Okay. And um, I can't recommend it enough. Um, also, I mean, I would, I would also put on the list Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I just watched and it comes out tomorrow. It's okay. perfect. It's so well done. Wait. Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis both need Oscars. They're both at the best thing. That, I mean, and they're, yeah. I love a, that play. Yeah, I it's a wait. perfect play and they, and they just, they do it beautifully. So My I, mom, I, I, I saw both of it yesterday actually, and, and I think those are two highlights for me. Mm. I'm so excited to see both of those. My, I won't even try to imitate it, but my mom has tried to say a couple times how excited she is to see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and her searching for that title in particular and the words that she's mixing up. It's just really tough and hilarious and uh, could get her canceled. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Wow. Um, a, a thing, an actual sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an actual sentence that came out of my mother's uh, mouth recently was, "Dave, what is website? Do I have website?" Ah. Like I, I don't, I do not have time what? to have this conversation with you. Yeah. She had just heard it somewhere in conversation. She's like, "I wonder if I have that." How has she not heard it in conversation for the last thirty well, years? She's eighty-eight. Okay, that's oh. just the way that it goes. Yeah. What is website? What is, yeah. what is website? Are, am I in danger for? <laughs> For getting uh, a website? Uh, she, she is in danger for getting website. Yes, yeah, she yeah. really is. Am I a DT? <laughs> mm-hmm. Tom, your movie of the year? Oh, man. I was thinking about this while Drew was talking, and unfortunately, this is really super cliche, but I had never seen it. And then I got really excited about watching it, and I cried in the second number. And it is, I think it's Hamilton. I'm so sorry. No, I feel very okay. embarrassed to say it because I didn't see this. I've never seen the stage play. So that was the first time I experienced it. Oh, wow. And like right after the second production number, I think it was uh, like the, I'm not going to give away my shot or whatever the name of the mm-hmm. song title is. Cause I feel like an old person now not knowing it, but I, I sat there and I just started sobbing. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, because it is it visually, what he did that Tommy Kale, the director, what he did on that stage, it like blew my brain out of it, out of my head. I was just like, how did you think of this? How did you think of this? And like the lighting design and the turntable and the movement and Andy Blankenbuehler's choreography, like just everything at once. And then also, cause I hadn't seen anything in a theater in so long, watching an actual theater piece filmed, I thought very well. I was just like, this is too much for my brain. And my yeah. like, it just became too much. And I, I, I've watched it a few times because it just brings me back to the theater, which is the other reason why I think I attach to it so much. Cause I actually feel like I'm back in that space where I feel most comfortable. So um, I, that I think was my favorite thing that I watched this year that I think mm, I could still watch. So good. It's yeah. really fucking Perfect. good. Are you, a, are you a theater crier? In uh, oh yeah. I mean, yes. when I saw, Sunday in the Park with George, the revival in 2008. I saw that the same day I saw Patty Lapone and Gypsy. And um, it was a matinee of Patty. And then I, at nighttime, I went to Sunday in the Park with George. And the show was still 10 minutes to go in Sunday. And I was, me and my cousin were holding each other. We were crying so much, like convulsing. And um, yeah, I'm a theater crier when it gets me. Like when it actually yeah. gets me, I'll be a theater well, crier. Sunday in the Park with George is my favorite musical of all time. And I saw that in high school, like on PBS, Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters and watching a televised 90s. I mean, I guess it was filmed in the 80s, but if watching that version of it then and sobbing uncontrollably and realizing like, oh, I'm a George. That's who I am. Mm, yeah. I'm not, oh God, this is, I mean, it is. It, that especially does a number on me, but yeah, I, I love crying in the theater. I love it. Uh, it's therapeutic. Yeah. 
even I'll a movie it, even theater. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the theater, I will cry even when it doesn't get me. Like shows <laughs> that I don't like, if it, just knowing that they're winding up and it, this is the big closing number, I still, it gets me every time. I don't know if oh, it's wow. just like, I don't know, I just appreciate all the effort that goes into the shit. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, I don't know. Like falsettos. I did not like falsettos and I still cried like a baby at the end of it. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. I last night Michael was watching. I don't know why, but um, the Princess and the Frog with the, the anime, great, and, and I'd never seen it, and I wasn't even paying attention. I was on my phone, like, "Oh, you're doing this for that's weird for whatever reason." This like fifteen-year-old <laughs> animated movie, and uh, I mean, if I was sobbing at the end, it's it's it's, it's a touching little story actually, because all that she wants is to like have her life that she wants to have of like owning a restaurant and mm-hmm. you know just that's all she wants and it's a very very beautiful kind of tale that when ash when she finally gets the things that she wants so it's really kind of sweet i get it and it and it's it is like a, a little out of character well not out of character for disney but um uh, the lightning bug dies uh, spoiler the lightning bug <laughs> yes Sorry, but- wait now i know that and i'm gonna <sighs> Uh, so sorry, it's fine. <laughs> Just roll around in your money, Drew. It's going to be okay. Thank you. Do, do the old Demi Moore. Just <laughs> be covered in bills. You know, the last movie I saw in the theater before all of this was Cats, a show that oh. did not get me and did not make me cry. Oh. Um, yeah, oh, I love that was, that. yeah. It's, oh, it's something else. Yeah. It continue. Yeah. it endures. I honestly think it's, I hate that Tom Hooper so much that I think it's his best movie because it's the most watchable. It's yeah. definitely the only one I would ever watch twice because his lame is and his King's speech and everything else that he's, I'm always like, he aggressively boring and at least cats just blows it out in the most insane butthole way ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love, I'm on board. I went and I was, I mean, you know, yes, drugs were involved, but I had a great time. Sure. What is but, the fucking city that they're in? Why do they, why are they in a city full of cat puns? I feel like it's kind of a little bit city? London. I, th- I, I don't know. I think that I, the cats definitely run the city. And well, some of the what, cats have yeah. full costumes and some of them are fully nude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Human hands. And yeah. oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Rebel Wilson is a cat who unzips her cat, cat suit skin. and it reveals herself to be a different cat. Right, and she also <laughs> eats roaches. And eats like roaches. Head off of roaches, like so many yeah. cats. I mean, I know cats will get a bug and do that, but it was just so like, so you have mice that are playing for you and yeah. then roaches with human heads. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I guess when you're a grimble cat, that's what they do or whatever. Yes. You're my cat. A grimble. Okay. <laughs> wow. I saw that. I actually did see that on Broadway in its original run, Now and Forever, at the Winter Garden. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were on a family vacation to New York. And, and it was like the first, first of all, the first Broadway musical that I did not like. Like this, this oh. was, I was maybe 12 and I was like, oh, I must be developing some sort of taste because this, I, I hate this. I yeah. really don't love this yeah. at all. And then at the end, uh, or at, I guess, intermission, um, we got up and for, somehow um, my drama teacher was seated right behind us. She too was vacationing in New York and she was crying. She was like, I don't, you think it's exquisite? And I was like, oh, oh. no, Mrs. Cuba, I don't at all. And did you lose some respect for her then? Were you a little bit I, like, oh. I don't know that I had respect for her <laughs> um, because the first thing that we did, the first show that I did with her was written by her 11-year-old son. Oh, no. No, ma'am. Yeah, it was called Pay the Piper. And I played the lead. Um, I don't remember the person's name, but he was real greedy. He was a real miser. And uh, and I wasn't, I guess, convincing enough in a rehearsal. And she was like, you don't, you need to, you need to understand um, the love of money. Here. And she takes off her rings. She had rings on every finger. She took off four of her rings and said, put these in your mouth. What? And I was like, I don't want to. And then she put them in my mouth. She was like, taste it. Taste the gold. No. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. 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 And that's supposed to make you love it? Like that? It's supposed to make me love it. Yeah, like the sense memory of gold in my mouth is supposed to make me a more convincing 
greedy person. But did then, she think that you were then a more convincing greedy person after having I tasted probably, the gold? Yeah, probably. Yeah. She was like, yeah. I got it. Did she uh, take it out of your mouth, your mouth and then put them back on her hands with your slime? Yeah, I think she, there might've been a wiping off, but yeah. Now, yeah. Drew, you, you put, you supped a lot of jewelry in Tom's mouth, uh, directing him and making friends, and he, right? He's not. And he has to understand. And that's like, understand, well, you, I take off my, my doubloons and, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, all, you know, my toes and I just, I just feed him. Yeah. Uh, it was a rough, it was a rough process, but I feel be- I'm better for it. He is better. I mean, I will say he's it. definitely better when I, yeah. when I do that with him. Isn't yeah. it, isn't it crazy when you think about like things that you just accepted, like <laughs> directors doing or people doing, I remember mm-hmm. when I was in seventh grade, we had to do something called junior assembly or like junior cotillion. And it was that thing where you had to like learn manners and like go on a yeah. dance and learn the foxtrot and the, you know, and you learned all these different things and like where the silverware and the woman that ran it was such like nouveau riche trash. And I remember one time my parents were late and picking me up from the thing. And I remember the woman was like, it's no problem. Why don't you come up and sit with me in the BMW? And I remember being like the way she dropped that she had a BMW was like my first sense of like, Oh, don't ever do that. Like, just yeah. a car. <laughs> yeah. car. Why did you tell a seventh grader, like, come sit in my BMW? <laughs> oh. And I, that's just always stayed with me about, like, that's just complete garbage behavior. Um, but with that said, I, I yeah, do. That's lots, shit behavior. I still put lots of my jewelry in Tom's mouth. And you have several BMWs. <laughs> at, oh, several. Oh. And, uh, we'll invite anyone to sit in them. <laughs> Please, anyone listening, come sit in my BMWs. <laughs> come sit in the Thursday BMW. <laughs> Wow. One for each day of the week. Of course. Well, what about, about you two boys? What was the, your favorite movies this year? <sighs> well, the Princess and the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> the last 15 minutes of The Princess and the Frog. Um, I got to think on it. I don't know. I, yeah. do I, what if I finally um, seen? You know, the, a thing that I had not seen until about a month ago that I saw this year and loved was A Face in the Crowd. I've never seen that. It's oh, awesome. you guys. You yeah. have to. It's, it is it? so fucking good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think you have to rent it. I don't, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it's, it is okay. so fantastic. And it's so perfect for this moment in American history. Like mm. it could have yes, come out this what, year. Several people mentioned that for this specific and, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other revelation of that movie, besides Patricia Neal, is young Walter Matthau could fucking get it. Mm. Get out of town. Sexy oh. in this movie. It's crazy. Wow. He's old, um, but did he look young? Because he always no. looks so old. Yeah, no, he's he's not. A, he's he's younger than he looks for sure. Mm. There's definitely you know there's there are hints of the math out to come, but he's but he's just like young and cute. Um, but as uh, like as far as movies that actually came out this year, I did get to see. Um, and uh, 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 coming to America, coming to America. Oh, how is that? It's coming out. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Because I love the original. It's yeah, incredible. it's so great. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Comes out I think in March. Um, I can, but I can't think of any movies that I saw from this year. This mm. year, there, well, there's very uh, few. I mean, yeah. you've got Tenant, and you've got Tenant. No, no, and no. I don't no. want to see that, that movie. Is that I interested? Love, I love The Invisible Man. I oh, love, I was okay. just going to say that. Yeah, but it feels like 10 years ago when that came out, but that came out yeah. this year. I also loved The Hunt. But oh, I yeah. didn't see that. I loved that movie. Um, but yeah, it's hard to like think of like what's come out this year that we've like really... You know what? We were really excited to watch On Demand that I had been uh, anticipating and we didn't finish. It, it was amazing, but just too dark for where I'm at. And I guarantee... Drew Drogi has a strong opinion about this is the nest with oh, yes. Carrie Coon. I like the nest a lot. It's, it's very dark. It, it is. Um, I think the acting is, inc- I think the two of them are incredible and especially her. I mean, Carrie Coon she's, is so great. She's but a great Jean actress. Always amazing. They're both so good. I thought um, it's a very small movie and I was, I, I want to talk to you about it because I'm confused. There's an ending thing at the end. That I didn't understand. But um, I don't want to give it away for people listening to it. But I, I'd recommend it. It is, it is really dark. It's just really sad in a, in a very uh, small way. I mean, I don't have to give anything away, but it's, it's, um, 
but I love the way it was shot. I thought it was. But if you want to see Carrie Coon in like eighties clothes, it's fucking chain smoking her way through a, a movie and living in this like amazing London chateau. I mean, yes. there's a lot to like. Yes. Sex scenes with Jude Law. I mean, come on, come, come on. on, and some good ones. Um, we have to talk about making friends. Yes. Um, the concept, not the show. Don't want to talk about that. Um, I, uh, I'm so excited to see it properly. We got a glimpse of it right before. Did I freeze? I think, I think Tom, Tom froze. froze. Oh shit. Um, really yeah, I was like, angry. I wasn't expecting him to what? Like he's just gotten a blow to the head. And it was right when I made this dumb joke that we weren't going to talk about the show. And I thought, wow, that really didn't land with Tom. <laughs> he really didn't like that. Yeah, Tom. Well, I hope he comes back now he's as he gone. is the. Oh dear! It is his show we're speaking about, so that's that's tough. Um, I no, I, I'm I'm going to see it properly, but got a glimpse of it. We got, we got a link like just before we started talking, so I, I started watching before we jumped on, and it's, I mean, that is that is theater that is actually surprisingly fun to watch on. Oh, good, I'm so glad know, from from home. We really wanted to, we really, oh, he said, he'll, Tom says he'll be right back on. His computer flipped out. Um, we really wanted to call attention that we were doing a show in the theater. We wanted to include the theater in the show. And um, because we, we miss it. And it's also, you know, it's a really poignant thing because his whole show is about what he does to make friends and how he hides his true identity in order to make friends. And he's doing it in front of an empty room with empty chairs. And that was the... The, the happy accident of 2020 where you can't do theater with an audience, uh, you know, uh, really effectively this year. But it also, I think, really adds a lot to the show that he's kind of, he's, um, you know, he's kind of alone. And, yeah. uh, and, and his sort of coming out as an angry person because Tom DeTrinis, as we've, even if you're just hearing him for the first time on this, he's so buoyant and full of love and, and positivity and, and that's all true to him, but there's also a bubbling anger underneath that he's uh, coming to terms with. And so the show is a lot about just sort of, sort of like accepting that and, and accepting it with love and sort of making it part of who you are. And, and um, because a lot, you know, as an actor in Hollywood, as a gay man in life, as a Christian boy growing up on Long Island, all him, you really repress your truth in order to make people like you and you hide, uh, you know, what's really going on because you think that's not as uh, sexy or sellable as being like everyone's best friend. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so proud of him for doing this. And I'm just so happy to be part of this because like those of us, I mean, I've Tom and I, like I've known I know him really well. And we have our moments one-on-one where we're just screaming and angry with each other. I didn't know the depths. I didn't know all these things about, about him. And, um, you know, so I'm excited for people to, to get to know that and hopefully watch it and go, Oh yeah, me too. And it's okay. And, you know, um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, if, I'm, I am glad in a way, like, I think the nice thing about not having an audience is that if there were an audience, there would, he's so hilarious. There would be laughter the entire time, but something about not hearing the laughter, lets you hear the pain in a different way that I don't oh, think well, you would. Yeah. Um, and it's, and, and, and the beginning of it is, but and then like there are clips of this online, so this is not giving anything away, but like, it's, it's in, it's, if it's so distinctly Tom, but it also does feel like it's in conversation with happy birthday, Doug, because we meet him and he is at a party like you are in your show. Happy birthday, Doug, we oh. talked about on here. Um, and he's not doing great socially. Right, right. You know? Yeah, he. Tommy's gets- back. Sorry, Tommy's back. I have. I have a. I got this computer in April. This is a brand new MacBook Air, and it just. You guys all froze. I had to restart it. She was not happy. She was just no. not happy about it. Weird. So- Fucking new MacBook. And Drew bought you this computer, right? We- yeah, because he's wealthy. Listen, yeah. I want you to. I got. I want my money back. Come over, get another, go okay. across the drawbridge. Across the drawbridge? 
What? Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> He's got a box of new MacBook Airs in the back of the Friday BMW. Yeah. Just to go in and help Friday yourself. BMW. On the Friday BMW, even though it's Thursday. Just, just come on over. We'll, oh, we'll sort it out. Great. Come to the great. detached garage. <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm back. Uh, well, we're so we happy were you're talking back. shit about you. Oh, yeah. good. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just saying how it's how but I love that your show, which is so distinctly you, but also does it makes so much sense that Drew is the director of this, especially because when we meet you, you are at a birthday party or you are at a party i'm sorry and and it and it's all it almost feels like you're in conversation with happy birthday doug for a moment and and even though it's 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 clearly it's its own thing mhm. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Well, and, very true. You know, we, we, we talk a, a lot about that, obviously, because Tom directed Happy Birthday, Doug, and then I'm directing Making Friends. And so we're like, oh, wow, we're starting both of our shows in these awkward party situations. And my show obviously stays at the party the whole time. And Tom's leaves after that. But also the, the distinction between those two characters and the one that I'm playing is really a monster. And Tom's character is a version of himself who's just deeply insecure, who just keeps changing his opinion and going back and forth. And, and um, so we were really, we were like, but yeah, it's, it's also, I think we're both. Uh-oh. And social anxiety that we have. Oh, that is gay, gay men. And that gay men are so awkward. What happened? Did I oh. freeze? You're just lagging. You're in and out for a bit. But we're hanging on the, the syllables that we are getting. We are. Oh, boy. Oh, can you hear All us right. now, Drew? Okay. I'm... Oh. Oh, he's okay, also so recording on his phone, too. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. But he froze again. Oh, oh fuck. Jesus Christ. He needs to go pull out another MacBook from the Friday yeah. night. Go to the dispenser <laughs> and yank I'm out another. crashing a very poor actor's apartment in Hollywood. It's pathetic. And I'm just here for uh, research. Oh, research. Oh, cool. 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 Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, I, I don't, are we back? We can yeah. hear each other, right? Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Sorry, Drew. You were saying brilliant oh, things. But we lost I was just talking about gay social anxiety that Tom and I are both really interested in and how insecure we are. And we're so afraid to admit that we are insecure around other gay men. We have to act so like, oh, I'm going to say this sexiest, quippiest, you know, most interesting thing, or I'm not involved in the conversation. And um, so I think that's definitely something that he and I are both really interested in exploring. Mm. I think what we need to talk about is the deep homophobia of our wireless connections today, because it's the moment you get into some gay profundity, you start skipping. It's like, yeah. Talk about gay social anxiety. I mean, we are just trying to. Just trying to be a good person. Whenever my, um, whenever you're on the phone with my uncle and um, it starts kind of breaking up or you can't hear anyone, (laughs) He goes, can you hear me? And then he just goes, communists. And then, <laughs> that's his excuse. It's just the commie. He's mu- very much joking. It's not a real situation. But it makes me laugh every time. So whenever I see this happen, I'm just like, communists. 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 That's, that's no, what it is. is. No, it's just, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, an A-gay running this wireless connection who doesn't want anything negative about the homosexual experience to be aired by anyone at any time. No. Out Magazine basically is running the wireless like, connection. Nothing to do today. with Chromatica, so I'm bored. <laughs> scramble this. Yeah. Mm. Fuck um, off. I wanted to say that what is what's especially exciting to me about making friends is that I've known Tom for a long time, mm-hmm. and as a performer, obviously, but but even more so as a producer doing these 30 minute musicals that he created with our friend Brooks again. And I got to be in some of them and it, and there was like the most fun I've ever had, but it's, you know, Tom would, would give us a little something in most shows, but you know, he was working his ass off. He, you know, wasn't taking center stage, but like, 
I feel like more just in the, in the past few years, I've seen you like move further and further into the spotlight, which is so exciting for those of us who are your fans. Um, well, that's very nice of you to you say. Know, I mean, it's about it, time. That, thank you. Um, Matt has actually seen me get very angry many times um, in that process because I have, I have yelled and I have shamed and because things weren't going right. And I, I mean, you have seen me get all of the colors of the rainbow. All of That's them. True. I remember twi- uh, one time we were doing Home Alone and it was the very first time we were doing it. And it was like the, the last tech rehearsal we did was so bad. And it was 11 p.m. at night. And I turned to them all and I said, I'm sorry, but we have to do this again. And they were all like, what? And I'm like, it's not good. And I hate it. And you have to do it again. <laughs> Oh fuck! I do remember that. Home Alone was a dark. A it was. Dark a, it was. There a was doozy. one run of it in particular that was. Yeah, just it was tough. a doozy. Um, and then there was another time we did Teen Witch at the Atwater Theater that one time, and the tech rehearsal also went to shit. And I was just like, "What the fuck is everyone's problem?" And I just like exploded. And it really was towards two people. Sure. What'd you say? I have to ask, who are you two in Teen Witch? Because I was also in a Teen Witch on stage, and I need to know. Well, he he guess, like can Brad. you guess? I, I did Witch. I've never told you this, but I've told Dave this. That, that was a very full circle moment for me, because Brad is the first person on screen I can remember being like uh, attracted to. Mm. It, it is like a confusingly okay. a horny uh, scene between well, you know him and Fully 35 on, on screen Absolutely. with like the 16 year old Robin Lyons. When they go to the abandoned house, you're like, that's a man and a girl. <laughs> yes, that's a yes. man and a girl. And I think yeah. even in the show, we said, we were just like, come in here. I'm just going to have sex with you in this abandoned house. Yeah, yeah, that's very abandoned house. It's so weird. But would you, without us telling you, can you guess who Tom DeTrinis played in Teen Witch? Okay, uh, I'm gonna guess. Did you play? Um, were you uh, were you female? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you Polly? No, I was Zelda Rubenstein. That's oh, I was yes, yeah. yeah, I got on my knees and put on a wig and a little hat, and uh, it's real funny. It was it was a really good time. It was one of my favorite. Okay. It's one of my favorite hey. ones. When she say that at the end, she's like, you have changed. And she, well, she <laughs> says, you can make anything you want happen. That's what <laughs> she said. Fucking like Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, yeah, oh, I can't even remember know. the movie anymore. I can only remember we our show. Artemis have Danny play uh, Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just was, she was pure magic. That one I saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to think of a multiverse where both, uh, where Zelda and Tom and Artemis are all existing, <laughs> all existing in the same spot. Yeah. yeah, but that's really where I mean, because uh, I when I was very myself in those situations because we were under so much stress all of the time trying to put on these shows and get everyone's you know, everything and everyone had, you know, opinions and schedules because everything was doing it for free and it was just a lot. And so at times I just kind of like lost my mind a few times. So, you know, I am usually very kind and happy and like party time, like in the show, like a blown out that, you know, that's a blown out version of like, yay, we're friends. But Matt really did get to see a lot of that anger. And one of the reasons why Drew was so perfect for this show is because he and I kvetch so much about, a lot of different things. And I know that Drew shares a lot of my hate towards a lot of the things that we both, you know, in the world that we hate, for example, New York City. And we <laughs> would just bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch and bitch. And I was like, well, who's going to do, who's going to really understand my anger, not judge me for it. And let me be as fucking cunty as I want. Drew will. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Tom, what was, tell me about your upbringing. You, you, you are, I believe a Catholic boy. I am a Catholic boy. So Same. I, and I talk about this in the show too. Um, I grew up on Long Island. Uh, I'm one of six children. Um, I have about like 16 something aunts and uncles and about 30 first cousins. And then, uh, so I went into a Catholic Catholic high school. Uh, And then I went to college in Buffalo. And then I moved right out here three weeks after I graduated from the university of Buffalo in 2006. Uh Um, And so uh, I did a lot of theater when I was a kid 
Um, that's kind of why I went to theater school. And it was, I had two choices when I went to school. It was either Syracuse University or University of Buffalo. And I wanted to go to Syracuse, obviously it had a better name than like the SUNY Buffalo. But my dad was like, so riddle me this idiot. He's like, so you think you're going to go to theater school and then who's going to pay those bills? Who's going to pay your bills? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, you are a, cause I'm not, I don't have the money for that. And he's like, Syracuse is $36,000 a year and Buffalo is 12. He's like, you want to leave and become an actor and you want to pay 120 something thousand dollars in debt. He's like, how do you think that's going to happen? And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh. He's like, so you're going, he made the choice for me. He was like, you're going to Buffalo because no one, no, you should never go into debt that much. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm really glad that I did. Cause I, I went to school with my cousin who's very close. She's very close to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I had a great experience while I was there and I'm super glad because I would have had to pay a lot of fucking money yeah. if I went to that school, a lot yeah. of fucking money. So yeah. Um, they tell you about colleges and how important it is where you go to school and it's ridiculous what they sell you on, you know? Oh yeah. It was a real, it was a real challenge to figure out. What'd you say, Drew? I just say, go to community college now, get yourself out of the way. Like go to specialize. Like, I don't know. I mean, I love where I went. I went to a great school too. I'm very proud of that. I, where I went, but it's just, it is insane how much, how much money, things cost. And especially when you want to be an artist, it's like, yes, I think doing it, doing it again, I would have graduated high school and then just moved to New York or Los Angeles and taken, you know, classes with professionals. And I think I would have gotten the same experience. I mean, I needed to grow up as an adult. I like, I needed to grow up like college was really for growing up, not for learning your craft. Like it, it, that's really what it was about for me because I was just so naive and just so very like the world is my oyster. And I had to like figure out my fucking sexuality in a safe space like college. Mm-hmm. You know, that really was kind of I mean, what Catholic it was High for. School wasn't a, wasn't a safe space. <laughs> oh, it sure was a safe space, Dave. Um, I did suck a lot of dicks in, yeah. in the school. Mm-hmm. Ninth grade, I talk about it in my show. Ninth grade, I, I sucked a dick in gym class. Then in 11th grade, my friend and I, uh, not my friend, but some guy and I who, what we, you know, we were chatting on the, on the AOLs and he was like, Hey, meet me second period. This was second period was nine o'clock in the morning. He's like, meet me in second period at the theater. And, um, we're going to fucking, we're going to go at it. And I was like, sure. I told all my friends in my free period, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go help sister Marilyn, like just organize the, um, organize the music in the music room. And they were like, yeah, okay. And I went onto the stage of my high school (gasps) at 9am and I fucking jacked that motherfucker off and he came right on my face. Wow. 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 That's Catholic high school for me. Wow. We, we had different experiences. Oh yeah. I went in bitch. I went in. You're and in the, the story that you tell about gym class, are you, are you physically in the auditorium just like around the corner or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how, how? Wait, you already watched it, Matt? Did you watch no, it? No, I was, tell- I was oh. telling Drew when we lost you that I, we just got the link. I watched this like right before we jumped on. I, I got about to 20 minutes in. So I'm oh going to watch God. the rest tonight. Oh, wow. So excited. Um, yeah, they, uh, that gym class thing. So the gym was right next to the auditorium. And the, in the back of the gym was where the boys' locker rooms were and also the weight room. So it was incredibly, like, private, the weight room. Like, yeah. no one would have ever gone in there if they didn't have to. And in the weight room was the first room. And then there around the corner was another room. And that's where I sucked that dick. Wow. Wow. Are any of those people, are you in touch with any of those people, the owners of those dicks? No, 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 no. One of the owners of those dicks just recently tried to friend me on Facebook. And I was like, we are not friends. We're not friends. That's not. Now, now is not the time to befriend me because you're going to immediately see me doing a show talking about you and your dick, sir. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. But like I was, I also like had a regular hookup that I had when I was um, in like middle school into high school. I was a very sexually active teenager. Mm -hmm. Like I was really, I was really, and I would try very hard to make it happen more often. Very. I tried very hard. But but you it sounds like you succeeded. Yeah, I sure did. But I couldn't be open. No. So a lot of a lot of me hooking up in high school was ha- doing it 
And then immediately after feeling like shit, because I was like, that was a bad, that was bad. I was very guilty. Like I would, you know, like say prayers and I would kind of like try to wash myself of that. And that's why I got really super into like Jesus camps and all of that kind of shit, because it was like the cleansing of the spirit that I needed. And it wasn't until, um, I, my first boyfriend, official kind of boyfriend who also took my virginity it wasn't until I met him and he was, I, I felt emotionally attached to him as opposed to just physically that I realized like, Oh, it doesn't have to be dirty. Like having yeah. sex with other men isn't dirty. It can be great when you actually love the person, when you have yep. feelings towards that person. And that happened around like 16, 17 hmm. or so. Cause I was at my, one of the guy I was hooking up with since seventh grade, we were at my friend Noel's house where we would always sneak off and like hook up in her room while everyone else was hanging out in the other room. <laughs> What's wrong with me? And then uh, I met this guy at one of those parties and he was eight years older than me. Ooh. And he was like, Hey, so like we hung out once or twice and I would go into the city. My parents would let me go into the city to hang out with this guy who was eight years older than me. And I would sleep over his apartment in the village or also in, um, it's cool now, but it was not back then, um, uh, Bushwick. And I would go to Bushwick in 19, uh, excuse me, in 2000, like one, 2002. That was not a place you wanted to be in 2002 with Bushwick fucking Brooklyn. And we would go into his apartment and like, we'd go out to eat and like, uh, you know, hang out for a little bit. And then we would... <laughs> I'm fuck <laughs> all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had like this, and my parents were just like, sure, just be friends. Just go out there and be friends. My parents had no idea that I was like in it. You Holy in cow. It. So okay. who wow. is this 25-year-old hanging he out was, at a high school party? Um, a good question. Yeah. Um, he was this dude who grew up on Long Island and I don't know how he got associated with my other friends who I went to middle school with, but, um, he was just there. And then he, I just, you know, he was like older and he was Italian and that's a real kryptonite for me. And, um, I just wanted to get to know him and he was giving me the attention I never had. And he was, you know, telling me I was cute and he was, you know, he wanted to touch my body, even though I had braces and like, you know, it was, um, it was just the, uh, the attention that I needed that I was just like, Oh, like, look at this other gay man who was like really attractive. And he like lived in fucking, he lived in the village. Like, and I could like hang out with him in the village while he was going to like NYU, like, you know, film school or whatever and i was just like this is so fucking cool like i felt like i was the coolest motherfucker around you know with my like older you know fuck buddy in manhattan <laughs> holy shit yeah and no no one knew what was happening until senior year when i told my very good friends like oh yeah like i'm fucking this dude and he's eight years older than me and then our relationship kind of stopped when he moved to los angeles and i went to school i went to college and then we kind of hooked back up in my junior year of college and then we like dated each other from three thousand miles away and so i was constantly flying to la on a credit card from buffalo several times a year Oh, wow. And I would just go to here and I would hang out with him and we'd fight like fucking crazy because I was 20 years old and he oh was 28. And I would just like, you know, we, he lived in Van Nuys in um, like right at like Burbank Boulevard and like Sepulveda right over there. And we would just like hang out. We'd go get drunk. He'd get me into all of the clubs in West Hollywood. And I was 20 years old. He'd just mm-hmm. get me in and I'd fucking drink and like hang out with him and do whatever. And then did you, when you moved out here, was he still in the picture? Yes. So I lived out here for a summer doing internships at a casting agency and a literary agency. And I lived with him for the summer from like the end of May until the middle of August. And then we still dated when I went back from my senior year of college. And then that's really the reason why I moved here was him because my parents didn't know this whole time. They had no idea until I like officially moved out here with him. And they were like, Oh, like we're dating, you know, I'm living with him in his apartment. The apartment was two floors. It was $500 each. It was a thousand dollars for this apartment. Like I wish it still existed. Mm. Um, 
And I just like worked all the time and, you know, worked at this literary agency because the place I internship offered me a job. And that's why I moved out here. Cause I basically was like, one, I love this person. I thought, and two, I've got this fucking job. I'm like, great. I've got a job after graduation in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So I moved. How did, how did your parents react to knowing that they had sent you to New York city to bone this guy. Oh, they have no, they, they don't really understand. They, because yeah. my, my parents had total different standards. My older sister was wanting to live with her boyfriend at the time. And my dad was not okay with that, but I was living with my boyfriend who was eight years older than me, who, you know, basically I had been hanging out with my parents met like when I was 16 or 17, this guy came over to my house and was just like, hey, we're going to go hang out. And he'd like drive and we'd go like, you know, hang out and make out in his car and put a stick in my mouth. Like, you know, the usual thing. One time, one time he stayed over my house while my whole family was out. And that's where I officially lost my virginity was in my own bed. I was like 16 years old and I fucked him. I topped first. Thank you very much. Hello. Oh. <laughs> a twist. And that happened one night before I went to rehearsal for Carousel the Musical the next morning. <laughs> so, you know, the well, sex capades I had at a very early age is why it's kind of just dried up <laughs> in my 20s. Well, that, that clam bake number feel even less important. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, fucking nuts. Nuts. Wow. Yeah. You took mm -hmm. me places I was not expecting to go, Tom. Oh, I'm glad, Dave. I'm very glad. I, 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 Drew doesn't even know some of these stories. Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, especially in the show, there's a lot of so many personal stories that we kind of altered a little bit of, you know, some we didn't. But, you know, it goes very deep with this guy that I dated for such a long time because from about 16 until we officially broke up when I was 23, he was everything to me. God, that's a long time when you're that and age. And it's a long time yeah. when you're that age. That was like a third of my life, if you think about it, at that point. And I just looked to this older person for answers. I was just like, you're the, you're the one. You were the gay person to guide me. Mm -hmm. And he was not okay. He was not okay. You know, God only knows what he's like now. I refuse to speak to him. I don't want anything to do with him because it did not, it was not pretty at the end. It was mm. not pretty at the end. It got very, well, very dark. Well, old enough to look back and go, that was not okay. That a 24-year-old, like, basically seduced a 16-year-old, like, you know. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's basically what happened. He did. And, you know, I had open credit cards, and he didn't really have a job. And so I went into oh, thousands God. of dollars of debt because of this situation. So, and it started in college because I kept being like, oh, I'll come and visit you. Let me put that. $300 flight on a credit card because you're sad. And I should just, and then I'd come out here and I'd pay for all of his groceries with this open credit card. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck? Thomas. Uh, so he has reached out and try and, and, and you No, I sent him an email a long time ago when he decided to move to Singapore for 10 years. Well, okay. As you do. Okay. Um, yeah. And I sent him an email that was just like, because I almost took him to small claims court because I had a case because I had all of this documentation of things I paid for that he should pay me back for, like SAG Fuck. dues and shit like that. And I was oh, like, I'm taking, cause, and my therapist was like, take him to small claims court. This is not okay. And I'm like, yeah. And so I called him up and I'm like, hey, unfortunately I have to do this. And a month later he moved to Singapore. And right before he left, I, I sent him an email that I cannot find anymore. And I'm glad that I can't because I think I deleted it on purpose. And I basically was like, never, ever speak or look at me ever again. Don't come near me. I don't want anything to do with you. You are dead to me. And I remove, you know, I, I blocked him everywhere. I blocked him everywhere on, even still, he is blocked. He is not, he is not allowed to be in my sphere. Well, yeah, it was pretty dark, pretty dark. But I, I, I wonder if he'll um, be in the virtual audience for making friends. <laughs> Well, I mean, he'll know that I'm talking about him. If he did watch it, he'll know, you know, if he does. I mean, because we still have a lot of mutual friends. You know, mm. he was gay out here in L.A. for many, many years. So, like, he knows a lot of the people we all know. And sometimes I, you know, I see that they are friends or whatever, like certain people, like, you know, and I just, I never bring it up. 
because I'm like, I don't need to be associated. I mean, also it's been, we broke up in 2008. So it's been 12 years since that thing ever are happened. Gonna, so are you going to tell people that it's, that it's Sam Pancake? Are you gonna yeah. So, okay. Oh, okay. God. It's Sam Pancake. <laughs> and um, it's really weird because like now we're okay, but it's, you know, I took some forget me pills <laughs> and it's all right. <laughs> I'm just in a twilight sleep. Uh, we haven't had Sam on the show yet, by the way, and uh, it's overdue. And I'm excited to hear his side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Easy. Crazy. Yeah. I'm well, I mean, you know, also growing up in that environment, I'm sure Dave, as you know, and, and true and Matt, you don't have gay people to shepherd you. There's no one to be like, girl, this isn't okay. Stay away from this person. Yeah. He is not good yeah, for you. That is so much of what the show's about. And I think that's something that gay men especially can identify with is that we allow ourselves to be treated like shit until we find the one or, or until we find ourselves in a way, you know, because we will just go, I'll put up with it because it is either the only gay person I know or the hottest gay guy who's given me attention or, you know, we, we put up with all kinds of stuff that from the outside, people are like, why are you with them? And it's like, well, it's better than being alone. And I felt alone all my life in this aspect. And now I have this person and it's not perfect. And I mean, I think we all can relate to those situations where we've been in, where we're just kind of going, oh, wow, I really didn't respect myself in a way no. um, while I was figuring out a lot of really other important things about myself as a gay man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't until I came out of that relationship and I act right before I came out of that relationship, I made some incredibly close friends. And I think that's part of why the relationship ended because I started to be an independent person of which he did not like. Mm -hmm. And it was my friend, Jessica. I, after we broke up, I still lived in the apartment with him. I just moved into the other bedroom and it was like several months that I just stayed there. And my friend Jessica was like, you've got to get the fuck out now. And I was like, you don't know. And she's like, no. And she literally made me move all of my stuff into her home. She was like, uh-uh, you're moving into here. Get out of there. And it was her and my friend right. David. She was very right. Her and my friend David, um, who really kind of like shepherded me out of that and kind of like had to take off the like the, like, the, like, the, the beer goggles in a way mm-hmm. to be like, hey, girl, you are not okay. This person is not okay. And Stephanie Black, actually, who's the artistic director of the Iama Theater Company, she did meet him. She knows who this, she's, she met him once, I think, mm. a long, 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 long time ago. So when you watch the show and see Stephanie doing an intro, just think, wow, she yeah. knows some She shit. knows the history. <laughs> she knows the histoire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can see that twinkle in her eye, the actress secret, you know? Yeah, that- What's She's that, Matt? What's, Matt? what's that? What's the actor's secret? Oh, it's a, it's um it's a technique where you uh, you know an actor walks into a scene ha- and, and has a secret, and they don't oh. tell their other actors, well, and they don't do tell their audience. Job. So she, <laughs> she didn't do a good job of hiding the secret because you can see the secret. Well, if you have a trained eye, I see. To, oh, I see. to the actor's secret, you might be able to pick up on what that sparkle is. Oh, you know? cool! <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Um, Drew, I, I know, I know this is not the time or place to be asking this in the middle of a pandemic, but any, what's the dating landscape looking like for you? It's so sweet to always to always inquire, and I I I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, nothing really. I mean, I'm I've had a, I've had some some online flirtations, which have been kind of nice, like just some 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 really nice. I mean, I will say I've actually had really nice phone calls with a couple guys. I mean, like let's just talk and like get to know each other in a way like it like I was saying in the beginning, something I am grateful for because I think before that we would be like going to have. Um, don't have time yeah. to do that. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm also, especially now the numbers are up. I'm not, not really leaving or seeing anybody. So, right. you know, it's, it's, you know, you can, you can talk to people. Just can't really be around a lot of people that you don't like you haven't, you know, quarantined. I can't wait to be done with this. Can I, yeah, can because I, before this was happening, you were, as everyone who knows you knows, like the guy who is doing three shows a night and his b- schedule is booked six months in advance. And yeah, that obviously I'm is... I'm trying very hard to transition out of being that person. You know, I think if pandemic's taught me anything, it's like, I want to take time. I want a life. I, I don't want... I want to put myself out there to date more. I want to have nights... I've really enjoyed quiet nights at home alone a lot. And I haven't been out, you know, at all, but 
I'm looking forward to going back and doing shows, but maybe it'd be great to do one a week instead of three a week. You know, it'd be great to sort of pick and choose and do the things that are really um, important or challenging or really fun or like, I can't turn this down. This is going to be a blast, but not just do, you know, I've been very grateful to be asked to do it, do things and be involved in things. But yeah, like I, I've definitely like felt a sense of like, wow, I've, I've always thought like I'm really happy being single and I am content being single and I don't bemoan being single, but I, I don't want to be ultimately. And I'm like, wow, this has really taught me that I definitely want someone in my life and not just hookups and just, I want like a, I want to want a partner, you know, I want, you know, so. That's big. Even, even like coming to that realization is, is big. And like, in a way, I'm sure it's good that you have sort of been forced to be alone with yourself in a way that you normally don't even have time for. For sure. I have to tell you, uh, two old queens who've just a moment to catch up has buoyed my spirits. Oh my God. Thank you. It's It's so so fucking good. It's so good. Mitch, Mitch Silva, I did this, we had this idea. We did it on stage a year ago at Dynasty Typewriter at one night. And it was very different. It was Mitch's idea to do these videos where we just, in a minute, we throw as many random, you know, non sequitur references at each other as we can. Because it is kind of like our real phone calls with each other when we call. Especially the pandemic, we're like... I just saw written on the wind and Dorothy Malone is a revelation. Why is that? You know, well, she won the Oscar. For, well, that's crazy. You know, and we're just talking about old movies and just, or, you know, we'll just be like some 1970s GIF commercial with Sandy Duncan or something that we've seen. And we're like, we've got to get into this and just useless, just, just gay foolishness. And so um, thank you for watching that. It's just it's love. That. It does. It does feel true. Uh, 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 but for the wigs, it could be a documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and it's uh, it's, awful, and it's just like and it, it, see the the timing of the releases is just like right when I need one. It's oh there. good. Mm-hmm. Just the other day, a new one went up, and I was like, ah, oh, yes, they knew. Yeah, they knew. We will. They're be. so good, so guys. Funny. Before we let you go, uh, any. <sighs> I hate to do this, but I do have to ask if you have a New Year's resolution since this is coming out on the first. Hmm. I I sometimes usually think about that. Sometimes I choose a, a word for the year. Like mm, if I'm yeah. just like peace or like uh, just like calm or just, just something to kind of like just jump off of. Uh-huh. But I haven't actually really thought about that yet. And I think I, I, think I would want to say that... Um, Give me a second, Drew, if you want to talk so I can find the word. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about, I mean, like, I definitely want to to go and and, uh, and date more. I mean, that's definitely something that I've thought about a lot for, you know, um, uh, yeah, for 2021. And then just also just to be, a, I mean, this sounds so cheesy and so like, oh, but like really just to, to not take anything for granted that we did before. I don't know. I just, I miss so many things about life before that we just were kind of like, eh, whatever. And so I really hope I, when we get back into it, that I can be appreciative and not immediately back to like, Oh, this old shit yeah. again. Cause I'm very quick yeah. to take things for granted. So, and, and I'm not very patient. I've had to learn to be more patient and I'm trying to do that better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought of the word coming off of kind of what you said, which is strength, because I would like the strength to say no to things. And I learned a lot in the pandemic that I have really enjoyed not having to bounce around a lot because I do just like Drew, I kind of bounce around like a crazy person. And I have found a lot of power in not saying yes to everything. It's been lovely to have so much downtime. It's been really, you know, even though the pandemic is trash it, on the other end of it, I've been learning from the downtime that it's, I actually recharge better and being more selective and having the strength to be like, keep with that. Don't go back to what was before. Grow from what was happening in the past few months. And I feel like that needs to be something the entire world needs to learn. Like we shouldn't think about, let's go back to normal. No, because that is, I don't think that normal wasn't working. I don't think, I think that that's a real problem to look at it that way. It's like, how are we going to grow from what we've learned to be? Also, let's stop talking about our projects and just be people. Just be people. Something I've not missed is like going out and everyone's like, what are you working Uh, on? What are you doing? And like, 
I don't care. I don't want to talk about that ever again in our lives. It's boring. Boring. And be a person. When I say, how are you? How are you? Let's really check in. Let's go deep. We yeah. can do that. Doesn't have yeah. to be like, you know, full on epic situation. It can just be like, let's talk about our, our, our feelings and not our, not our websites. <laughs> yeah. Websites. We have them. We all, we have, un- unfortunately, we all have unfortunately, we all have websites. Yeah, we, all we do. Website. You guys, thank you so much. Making friends is at, where do we find it? Iamatheater.com. Great. I'm watching and, tonight. Great. 7 p.m. Pacific. Woo-hoo, Can't wait to excited. see the rest. Uh, happy holidays to you both. Can't think of a, a better New Year's treat for the listeners than to hear both of you. Happy New Year, everybody. And Happy New, New Year. Year. And thank Have you both for having us. It's such a joy to see you two and talk to you both. It's always a pleasure. Same. You're the best. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, Mm -hmm. our our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh Thank Um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Tell a friend, leave a review. We love you.